Hey, hey, everyone. This is Dana Shea, and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk. Thanks so much for being here today. Well, you all, today is episode 44, and we are going to have a really intimate conversation, just you and I, about how do you know when it is time to give up hope in your relationship. Now, if we're asking ourselves this question, then it's probable that we are in a bad relationship, possibly a toxic or maybe even an abusive relationship. Now, no matter whether you are on the spectrum of just having some difficult challenges, maybe things happening that have just been complete disappointments or um, consistent disappointments, I should say, or maybe you are on the other end of the spectrum and you know that this is a relationship that you need to end, you probably, like many of us, have asked yourself, how do I actually know if I should persevere or if it is time to cut the cord? How do I know when to give up hope. One thing that I've learned, you all, is that if we do not understand how proper boundaries work in our relationships, we will get to these places or these points in our relationships where we've run out of steam, we've allowed other people to take advantage of us, and we don't know what to do. And so I want to encourage you to sign up for my next workshop. It's called Boundaries, a workshop for women, and it's going to be on Friday, July 23rd at 7 p.m., totally virtual. So wherever you are, whether you're in um, the United States or abroad, you are going to be able to tune in with us live on Friday, July 23rd for this interactive workshop. And I'll give you more information about that as we get going in today's episode. And so let's go ahead and jump into the meat of our conversation today, which is how to know when it is time to give up hope on a relationship. Well, if you guys recall from last week's episode, I told you that Sean and I had gone to South Africa, Cape Town specifically, for my 40th birthday. And guys, it was amazing. It was such a great trip. I am just so just full of wonder and joy and gratitude. It was so beautiful there, you guys. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of South Africa or maybe you've traveled to South Africa. Hey, maybe you're listening and you're from South Africa. Your country is gorgeous, okay? And Sean and I love to travel. I would probably travel internationally four or five times a year if I could. Um, And one of the things that I think... I was just reminded of, you know, sometimes we get so caught up in just kind of the mundane, the day-to-day, the hustle, the bustle, you know, work, entrepreneurship, whatever it is that you're involved in, that we can lose that childlike wonder. And going into different places actually revitalizes that in you. You begin to look around. You begin to smell things that you haven't smelt before. You eat foods that you normally normally don't eat. You talk to people. You hear accents. You um, experience the world in a different way. And I'm so grateful that we took this time away. It was so amazing. Like, of course, we acted like tourists and we did all the touristy things, but it was just awesome. And so if you're not already following me on Facebook or Instagram, you can go there. And if you haven't already seen the pictures, you can follow me on both of those platforms at Dana Shea Williams, and you can see a little sneak peek of our vacay. So I just wanted to kind of give you guys an update um, for those of you who were wondering how our trip was. 
So switching gears a little bit, let's go ahead and talk about a question that I think at some point in your life, you have likely asked yourself. And it's, how do I know when I should persevere in a relationship? And how do I know when it's time to end a relationship? Now, this advice that I'm going to give you today, you all, is is going to help you in any kind of relationship. So I'm not just talking about romantic relationships. This might be a friendship. And I'll share with you some stories about how I've known in my relationships when it was time to cut the cord and when I knew that this relationship still has some life in it. I think a lot of times, just depending on how you grew up, depending on your religious background, what you were taught about relationships, what you were taught about yourself, if you were taught that you always come in second, if you were taught that other people's feelings matter more than your own, then it's going to be difficult for you to even allow yourself to process these questions like, Is hope ever dead? Or do we just always hope? Do we just always believe? Do we just always persevere? Even if we know the writing is on the wall, even if the red flags are waving ferociously, do we still continue to persevere in what is often dead relationships? And when I see couples or people, individuals making themselves, forcing themselves Um, warring against one another in this effort to keep something going that really doesn't need to continue, it breaks my heart. Now, I want to say what I'm saying, and then I want to say what I'm not saying. You guys know me by now, hopefully. You know that I am pro-marriage. I do not believe that couples should just divorce because you're not happy. I don't believe that you should break up friendships because that person is annoying you or getting on your nerves. I believe in relationships. I believe that love endures. I believe that when you truly love someone, then you are willing to sacrifice, that you are willing to work through whatever pain or problems or um, obstacles even that are getting in the way of your unity. However, with that being said, there comes a time in some relationships where they must end. And so I'm going to help you and I'm actually going to just really process aloud with you some ways that I have been able to come to some understandings. And again, friendships, romantic relationships, even business relationships. You know, there there are times where you might start a job, you might be in a ministry even, and you realize that that ministry or that job, that assignment is done. How do you know when to keep on fighting? How do you know when the relationship is done? And so one thing that I think about, you guys, is that sometimes it really is the end. You know, right now, as I speak, Sean and I have been praying for a miracle for one of our friends. Our friend has been on life support for almost two weeks now, and it is coming to the point where some very difficult decisions are going to have to be made. And I could not imagine having to be the one to make those decisions. And so even though we are hearing the doctor's reports, even though it looks like hope is all gone, his organs are failing, all of that, we continue to pray for a miracle. And one thing that Sean and I have said to each other is that it's not over until it's over. And I believe that I'm a person of faith. I'm a person who believes that there is nothing that is impossible with God. I believe that if you truly believe 
like the Bible says, and do not doubt that nothing will be impossible for you. However, I also understand that when you're dealing with relationships, you've got your will and somebody else's will. And so though you might believe that all things are possible, and though you may be willing to work yourself to the bone to ensure that this relationship works, if that other person is not also willing, then you're going to have some problems. Okay, and so I'm going to give you four questions today in this episode that I want you to ponder. And if you have something to write with, write this down. Obviously, you're listening to a podcast, so you can always come back and refer to this. But I really think there's something powerful about writing things down. And so the first question that I want you to ask yourself when you're questioning, is this really the end or should I continue to pursue or persevere in this relationship? First question is, what needs to change? Think about that. What needs to change in the relationship for it to continue to grow and be healthy and be viable? You want your relationships to be healthy. You want to be in relationships that are thriving and growing. Okay. And so if you want that kind of relationship and you're stuck, you're feeling stuck, you're feeling stagnant, you're feeling like this is not healthy anymore, ask yourself, what needs to change? Because guess what, friend? If nothing changes, nothing changes. You see, we can't just be people of wishful thinking. Wishful thinking and even presumption says, I want my relationship to change. And because I want it to change, it's going to change. That's not reality. The reality is, if nothing changes, nothing changes. And so ask yourself, what needs to change in my relationship? I'm going to give you an example. Let's say that you're married to an alcoholic and that relationship has turned toxic and that person's alcoholism is costing you and your family financially. It's causing you anxiety. Maybe there's been some um, drunken episodes that have turned abusive, whatever. You know, use your imagination. Let's think about someone who is in a relationship right now with an alcoholic. Well, the first question is what needs to change? Now, we might say, well, the person needs to stop drinking. Okay, that's obvious, right? The person needs to stop drinking, yes. But then there are also some other things that need to change, like maybe the other spouse is enabling the alcoholic. That needs to change. Maybe the alcoholic is dealing with deep relationship trauma or maybe even childhood trauma that was never addressed. That needs to be healed. So ask yourself, what needs to change? That's the first question. If you can't identify what needs to change, then you can't really change it. Or even if it changes, you won't recognize it because you had never identified what needed to change in the first place. All right, so that's question number one. Question number two is how is it going to change? This is the thing, you guys. We might see, okay, the person needs to stop drinking. Got it. They need to stop drinking because the alcoholism is costing our family. But if you don't understand how that person is going to stop drinking, then you're fighting an uphill battle. How is the thing supposed to change? Well, does someone need to go to treatment? Maybe if you're in a friendship uh, with someone who's constantly betraying your trust or they're constantly disappointing you, how is that going to change? Again, this is not just wishful thinking. It isn't just going up to the person that you're in a relationship with and saying you need to change, but it's how is it going to change? 
What factors need to happen in order for that change to take place? Question number three, and this is so important. Do you or your partner really want to change? If the person does not want to change, change is not going to happen. You can want that alcoholic spouse to stop drinking all you want to, but if that alcoholic spouse does not want to stop drinking, guess what? They're not going to stop drinking. They might pretend for a little bit, and they might even have brief moments of sobriety, but in their heart of hearts, if they don't feel like they need to change, they are not going to. Y'all, I know this personally, okay? I have tried to lose weight in so many different ways. I've tried keto. I've gone vegan. I've done intermittent fasting. I've done eat six meals a day. There are all these different ways that I've tried to lose weight. And that has always been a thing with me where I might look in the mirror and be like, you know what? I look cute today. I like how I look. Well, guess what? Bam, motivation gone. Because I'm like, I don't really need to lose weight if I like the way I look. Now, this is not a question of do I need to lose weight or do I not need to lose weight. The point is the reason that I have not changed, you know, when I feel like I need to lose weight is because I have not convinced myself that change is really necessary. You can have all of your friends and family tell you that you need to change. You can have everyone threaten you that if you don't change, this is what's going to happen. But if you or your partner, whoever needs to change, if they do not want to change, change is not going to happen. And this is where we have to understand that God's sovereign will does not usurp our human will. I'm going to say that again. God's sovereign will does not usurp our human will. Sometimes as Christians, we say things like, well, you know what? God is in control. And that's true. But God loves us so much that he gave us freedom. He gave us the freedom to choose. And sometimes our freedom to choose encroaches on another person's happiness. The alcoholic spouse is free to choose to continue to drink even if God's will for their life is that they are not harming themselves and other people. Because God is good, of course he doesn't want that alcoholic to be an alcoholic, but God is not going to reach down from heaven and force that person to stop drinking. We are not little puppets on a string that God is controlling. God gives us free will. He gives us a human will. And sometimes we make bad decisions. And sometimes those bad decisions harm and hurt other people. Maybe you're listening right now and you are on the victim side of that. Maybe someone, I'm not calling you a victim, but I'm saying that someone has victimized you. Someone is doing something to you that you feel like you have no control over. And you're asking yourself right now, okay, is is it time for me to let this thing go? I would ask you to consider If the person that you're in relationship with wants to change, do they really feel like change is necessary? And this is how you will know. It's not what they say, but it's what they do. So I can be in a relationship with someone and they say to me all day long, Dana, you're right, you're right, you're right. I know I need to change. I know I need to change. You're right. But if they don't have any actionable steps behind it, which is going to be question number four, then guess what? They don't really want to change, y'all. It's just talk. So question number four 
is then after you ask yourself, um, does the person want to change? Then the question number four is then how am I going to change? How am I going to change? And I don't mean I like I'm the one who is doing the harmful behavior, but I mean like I need to change regardless of what that other person is doing. Let me explain what I mean. I'm going to keep on with this alcoholic spouse analogy here just for continuity. If I'm in a relationship with an alcoholic spouse and my alcoholic spouse says to me, I want to change. I want to go to AA. I feel like I need to make this decision in my life. I see the hurt and the pain that it's causing and I want to change. Awesome. Great. They start going to AA, right? They start putting into practice those actionable steps. Then I have to ask myself, okay, what do I need to change in myself? to help this person to walk out their change. That might look like boundaries. That might look like I can't enable you anymore. That might look like I am not your savior. And so though I am here to be a support for you, I can no longer be your hero. I can no longer drag you to meetings when you don't want to go. I can no longer pray for you more than you're praying for yourself. I am not your savior. And so whatever those changes are, you guys, sometimes we enable people and we don't even realize that's what we're doing. I had to have a hard conversation with a former friend not too long ago, and the conversation didn't go so well because this person is not convinced that they need to change. And so because they are not convinced that they need to change, they felt like I'm the one who needs to change. And so instead of them taking what I was trying to give them, which was advice and um, a perspective on the way that they were operating in our relationship, they couldn't receive it. And so I had to make a decision. I can no longer walk. The Bible says, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? I can no longer continue in a relationship with someone who does not see that there is a huge boulder in front of us that needs to go. If you see that our relationship is damaged, but you don't feel that you're a part of that problem and nor are you willing to work together to accomplish a change, well, guess what? That kind of answers the question for itself. I can't change anybody, nor would I ever want to try to change someone who doesn't want to be changed. So I had to decide to let the friendship go. And it doesn't mean that I don't love that person. I love that person. And it doesn't mean that I don't even like that person. I like this person. But it did mean that I had to realize we can no longer walk together because we do not agree. Now, what I'm not saying is that you have to agree on every single conversation and that you have to, you know, you guys know me. You, you've heard me say that the purpose of communication is not agreement, but understanding. It is true. So I'm not talking about you have to agree on every single jot and tittle. What I'm saying is that at your core, your values, your beliefs about what your relationship looks like, what you believe your relationship's purpose is, if you're not in agreement on those things, it is going to be very difficult, if not impossible, for you to continue to walk together. And so there might be changes that you have to make on your end in order for that relationship to become viable. 
Ladies, I have just the workshop for you. You guys, so many of you have struggled with making boundaries. Some of you right now know that you need to create boundaries in your life, but you don't know how. Many of you might wonder, am I selfish? Do I really have the right to tell this person no? Maybe it's an employer. Maybe it's a spouse. Listen, I am doing a boundaries workshop on Friday, July 23rd from 7 to 9 p.m. This is one workshop you are not going to want to miss. Your relationship cannot afford for you to miss this workshop. We are going to come together as a group of women. We are going to talk about what it means to create boundaries, what it means to say no without feeling guilty, how to have confidence and actually asserting yourself and doing it in a way that you won't come across as mm, itchy with a B. Okay. And so ladies, you are going to want to come on Friday, April 23rd, 7 to 9 p.m. Register today at danashay.com forward slash workshops. Can't wait to see you there. Now let's get back to our show. All right. So let's just real quick recap those four questions that I gave you. Number one was what needs to change? Remember that if nothing changes, nothing changes. Number two, how is it going to change? Number three, do you or your partner, whoever needs to change, does that person really want to change? And what actionable steps are they or you implementing if you say that you really want to change? or if they say that they really want to change. And then number four is how are you going to change? What do you need to change in your life in order to help support this change that this other person is making? Okay, so I want to talk to my Christians for a second. And I understand that, you know, I feel like I say this all the time. I am a Christian. You guys know that I'm a pastor. But I understand and appreciate the fact that everybody who listens to this podcast might not consider yourself to be a Christian. So if that's you, just kind of still listen, but I'm not speaking directly to you. I'm speaking to my Christians right now. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 12, that hope deferred makes the heart sick, right? But then it says, but an answer is like a tree of life. If you think about how God loves us, I believe that God is good. I believe that we we are loved by a good, good father. There is multiple scriptures who tell us about the nature and the character of who God is. Now, God is a great father. I'm a mother, okay? And if I could bring my children happiness and joy, I will do that because I love them. Of course, there are times, though, that their happiness and joy are not my number one priority, I might have another priority like safety or discipline, whatever it is, right? And as a mother, that is my prerogative to decide which is most important in that particular situation. The same way God wants your heart to be happy. I believe that. I don't believe that we serve a God who wants us to suffer and who wants this Christian life to be hard and overwhelming and like the worse your life is, the better pleased God is. That is not true. I I, I see no scriptural indication of that. However, I understand that because God is a father, there are some times that because he is wise and because he is the one who knows the future, that he sees that there is something happening right now that is more urgent than our own happiness and our own comfort and our own pleasure. 
And so sometimes God will allow us to go through hard times. Sometimes God will allow our hearts to be, quote, sick. Sometimes God will allow pain to persist in our lives if there is a greater purpose that he's working in that pain. And this is why we can't just jump ship from relationships without praying. And so right now, if you're pondering, should I let this relationship go or should I persevere? I hope that you are praying and not just praying one time, but that you are living a lifestyle of prayer, that you are praying and that you are seeking God's voice, especially if you are married. Because ending a marriage is a serious act. And so I don't believe that we should just flippantly make these decisions. Or even if you've persisted in pain for a long time, there's been a lot of stress on your relationship. That doesn't necessarily mean that there's no hope. And so you have to be prayerful, but then you also have to listen. Ask yourself, what are you hearing when you pray? I believe that we pray to a God who answers. And so we don't just throw up prayers in the sky and hope that one of them is going to kind of, you know, stick. No, we pray to a God who hears us, who loves us, who wants to answer us. And so what do you hear when you pray? Do you hear, keep going, daughter, keep going, son, it's not over? Do you hear, no matter what happens, I love you, I've got you, you're not going to be forgotten? Do you hear, wait, maybe you hear nothing at all. And let's talk about sometimes when we pray and we hear nothing at all. A lot of people get real discouraged with that. I know I do sometimes. If I'm praying about something and I feel like God is not answering, that can be very discouraging. But then I have to remind myself of my history with God, that God does not fail me. He's so faithful. And there have been so many times that I have prayed about something and I'm like, God, you have got to answer me like right now. It's 1112 and I need to answer by 1113. And God does not answer in the 11th hour. Sometimes he waits until the last possible moment to bring me an answer. But one thing I do know about God is that he always answers. His answers are not always what I want to hear. And they're not always in the timing in which I want them to come in, but he always answers. And so when God seems silent, I don't make a move. I remember when Sean and I were really going through like the thick of our marriage issues. And if you don't know what those are, you need to go back and listen to all of these episodes because I talk about our story pretty much throughout. You can go back to, I believe it's episode two, where we talk about rebuilding trust, rebuilding us. Go back and listen to that. But I remember when we were going through like the thick of the thick of thick. And I was just like, you know what? I'm done. I had lost hope. And this is the difference between losing hope and giving up hope. Okay. When you lose hope, that is more of a, um, I'm just really tired of this. I'm overwhelmed. I just can't do this anymore. Giving up hope is more of a conscious decision to say, I am choosing to end this. Two different things. So I wasn't giving up hope. I was losing hope. And I remember very clearly praying, and I live a lifestyle of prayer, and so I had been praying the whole time. But I remember this particular conversation that I had with the Lord, and I was like, Lord, I'm done. 
I'm just ready for this to be over. I will figure out all the details later. I wasn't concerned about my finances. I wasn't concerned about how this is going to affect the kids. I was done. And I remember having this conversation with the Lord. And very clearly, I heard in my heart, not an audible voice, but I heard in my heart, the Lord said to me, Dana, if you stay, I will bless you. And if you go, I will bless you. Now, for some of y'all, y'all like, well, dang, that would have made me more confused than ever. But for me, that gave me such peace because I realized that no matter which one of those things I chose, whether I chose to leave my husband or stay with him, God's blessing was on my life. And that gave me the courage to persevere. I felt like, you know what? It's not over yet. That's where my peace was. My peace was not in leaving. And this is the thing, you guys, when you're praying, you have to follow the way of peace. God's peace will guide you. That's what the word says, right? In Philippians 4, 7, it says the peace of God, which transcends all your understanding, will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. And so think about that. It isn't your own understanding. It's not your logic or your rationale that should be driving your decisions. It's the peace of God. What do you hear when you pray? So often we'll pray and then we won't take the time to sit and to listen and to wait on an answer. And so I want to encourage you to pray and then to wait, to listen and then to wait for the peace of God. That has been one of my saving graces. Y'all, I have, I could have made some crazy decisions had I not have waited on the peace of God. And so finally, as we bring this episode to an end, I want you to think about the things that you're afraid of, specifically when it comes to if you should give up hope or if you should continue in the relationship. What are you afraid of? What do I mean by that? Well, if you end your relationship, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid that you won't be able to support yourself financially? Are you afraid of what you'll look like to other people? Are you afraid that God will be mad at you or upset or disappointed at you? Are you afraid that you're going to disappoint your children? What are you afraid of? Likewise, if you stay in that relationship, are you afraid that you're going to have to change some things that you don't really want to change? Are you afraid that you're going to have to learn how to forgive and stop holding on to grudges? Are you afraid that your heart is going to become more vulnerable than ever and you're not ready to let those walls down again? What are you afraid of? You see, as long as fear remains hidden, it remains powerful. And this is why I am super honest with myself, y'all. I will tell myself, Dana, you're just afraid of whatever it is. And I'll name it and I'll get it in the light. I'll expose it. Because when you expose your fear, they lose their power. So ask yourself, what am I afraid of? Say it out loud. Deal with it. Talk about it. Process it with somebody if you need to. But don't allow those fears to continue running around unfettered and unaccountable in the dark. Don't do that. Name them. Lastly, I'll say this as we close. When the pain of staying stuck outweighs the pain of making a change, you'll change. I'm going to say that again. When the pain of staying stuck, not moving forward, 
staying in whatever mess you're in, when the pain of staying stuck outweighs the pain of making a change, you'll change. If you talk to anyone who has made a significant life change, they will tell you that. They will say that the pain of me staying in that situation was greater than whatever change, whatever sacrifice, whatever I needed to learn, whatever I needed to undo, whatever work I needed to do. The pain of staying the same was greater than the pain of changing, and that's why I changed. And so I know that this is a lot to process, y'all. And you're going to need to continue to pray. And you're going to continue to need to process. But I'm going to encourage you to not make any flippant decisions. Ask yourself these four questions that I mentioned. And then pray. Wait on the peace of God. And then trust that the decision that you made is the right decision. Remember, God's will does not usurp human will. And so my prayer for you today, friend, is that you go forth in the peace of God, knowing that he loves you, knowing that you've got two choices before you, and that at the end of those two choices, God is still for you and he is with you and he wants to help you and he wants to lead you and he wants to guide you. I believe that whether you know him or not, it's much more fun when you know him because then you can journey through these decisions together. Don't give up hope in hope. I believe that hope is one of the most beautiful things that we can hold on to. But sometimes we need to understand that hope runs its course in relationships, and there are times when it really is the end. Only you'll know that as you continue to pray and trust your good father. So thanks so much for listening today. You guys, I want to encourage you to head over to my website. You'll be able to find the show notes for today's episode at realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 44. I want to encourage you to sign up for the Boundaries for Women workshop that we talked about earlier. It's going to be tremendous, you guys. It is going to help you ladies to know how to enact these boundaries and all of your relationships. Again, not just your romantic relationships, but in every relationship that you're in, we have got to know how to set ourselves up for success and relationships. And boundaries is one of the best ways that you can do that. So I can't wait to see you guys there Friday, July 23rd. So thanks again to those of you who have rated and reviewed this podcast. If you have not given this podcast a review, I want to encourage you to head on over to Apple Podcasts and just simply tell me if these episodes are helping you. I appreciate the emails that I get from you, but why don't you share those emails with everybody on Apple Podcasts? It's super simple to share a review And I would so appreciate that. Every time you review this podcast, it helps it to be seen by more and more people. And so I certainly appreciate your reviews today. Well, again, head on over to realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 44 for the show notes and also the link to register for the Boundaries for Women workshop. So that wraps it up for today's episode, you all. And remember, these three things remain. 1 Corinthians 13, 13, faith hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So love well. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care.
Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's Word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge, and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, you can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.